0: My name is James Metzger. I'm the lead pastor at Renaissance Bible Church, and I just wanted to take a moment to thank you for tuning into our podcast. At REN, we really believe that God's word is living and active, that God still uses it to form and shape and change lives uh, for all of eternity. And so our prayer uh, for you is that God might use uh, these words to point you and others to Jesus. May God bless you in your journey. Has there ever been a moment in your life when you have been desperate? Have you ever been desperate before? remember a couple of years ago, uh, we were coming back from family vacation in Michigan, and uh, we were pretty close to home, and it was raining outside, it was slick on the highway, and uh, we were on 85, it was one of those scenarios where you see the brake lights in front of you, and you see them, but you don't know if everyone else sees them. And uh, we we pretty quickly hit our brakes, and we were able to stop just before we hit the car in front of us. But uh, the rather large Jeep behind us uh, couldn't stop in time, and so they veered off to the shoulder, and they rear-ended our minivan. And uh, we were okay, thankfully. They towed our car. But a couple days after that event, I started uh, experiencing back pain And when I say I started experiencing back pain, I mean that I was in excruciating pain. Now, I know when a guy says that they're in pain, you probably think that he has the common cold. Uh, This was worse than the common cold. This was like legitimate pain. I mean, I hurt. I could not stand. I could not sit. I could not sleep at night. As a matter of fact, late at night, I would walk down our stairs, and I would lay out on the living room floor, and I literally would just kind of writhe in pain man, it hurt. And I can tell you in that moment, I was desperate. Uh, In my mind, late at night or early in the morning, in those wee hours of the morning, it seemed like uh, every treatment plan was on the table. And I was desperate for some relief. Have you ever been desperate before? If you're a student here this morning, has there ever been a time in your life at school, maybe when a friendship or a relationship ended, uh, something that you invested in, something that you poured yourself into, uh, someone that you spent time with and shared your joys with and your heartaches, and then for whatever reason, something happens and you part ways and, and it feels like in that moment, your heart is crushed and you are desperate. Moms and dads, have you ever experienced desperation before in your parenting? Uh, Maybe it happens on aisle seven of the grocery store when you tell your little boy or your little girl no to the cookies they want. You're desperate to get out of there, but on a more serious note, maybe it's a desperation that comes because your little boy and your little girl have drifted, they've wandered, they've... Chosen their own way, and as a parent, as a mom or a dad, you want uh, so desperately to see them uh, come back and walk with the Lord. Have you ever been desperate before in your marriage, in your relationships? Has there ever been a time where, forever, for whatever reason, it didn't seem like you were seeing eye to eye with the person that you had committed to spend your life with, and and you've tried everything. It seems. But nothing works, and you are desperate. Have you ever faced a sickness before, an illness, a a chronic illness, and you have some of the best medical care uh, in the world at your disposal? Uh, You've done all the research that you can do, but it seems like nothing is working, and you're desperate. Have you been desperate before? Uh, If you haven't, uh, you will be. And so this morning I want to tell you a story about a desperate man uh, that we read about in Mark chapter 10. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me there. Mark uh, chapter 10 as we look at the story of a desperate man. And we see and we'll find about how Jesus uh, meets him in his moment of desperation. Desperation. Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse 46, says, And they came to Jericho, and he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, Jesus, and a great crowd. A Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And so you can kind of picture the scene here. This day probably began like most days for Bartimaeus. Right? He's a blind guy, he's a, he's a beggar, he wakes up, he probably uh, brushes off uh, the dirt from his torn garments and he begins the journey to the gate at Jericho. I mean, you can almost picture in your mind him as he kind of stumbles his way down the dusty road, right? He, he kicks rocks or pebbles, maybe he, he trips once or twice over something that came up upon him rather unexpectedly. Uh, Bartimaeus was one of the forgotten ones in society. Uh, Bartimaeus would have been on the outside looking in. He was uh, the kind of guy that people probably would have avoided. Because it was easier to avoid him because Bartimaeus was blind and he was a beggar, which means he was dependent. He was dependent on other people probably for most everything. So more often than not, when people stumbled across Bartimaeus, they they probably moved to the side. They probably got out of the way because they maybe didn't want to be bothered by Bartimaeus. They didn't know exactly what to say to him or how to help him. On this particular day, Bartimaeus finds himself camped out at maybe a familiar place to him. He's sitting at the roadside, and he's surrounded by a crowd of people. Jesus' disciples are there. Uh, People have gathered. Bartimaeus, even though he can't see the crowd around him. He can certainly listen uh, and hear the buzz in the air as people uh, began to gather. Maybe he hears uh, voices talking about uh, the famous person who is in town, the famous person who's coming on by. The famous person, of course, is Jesus. Uh, Jesus had been the teacher uh, that people had experienced who who they came across and they followed and they listened to. Uh, Some even followed him. Uh, Some followed him simply because they were interested in what he was saying and doing, and other people followed him out of faith. But Bartimaeus finds himself uh, on the roadside. He hears the commotion. Uh, as people are gathering and passing by. Uh, it seems as if Scripture says there was a large crowd and so people uh, were coming probably close together. Maybe they were jockeying for position. They wanted to be close to Jesus. It reminds me of when you're at the airport and you're waiting for your group to be called uh, to, to get on the plane. And you know the, the first voice that announces basically if man, if, if, if you're like first class, if you're a platinum member, uh, if there's anything that you need that we could help you with, come on down. And for whatever reason, all 150 people who have a ticket go to board the plane. Even though you have group number eight, you're sneaking up there because you want to make sure that there's room in the overhead bin for your carry-on. And people start looking at you funny because you're kind of scooting over, maybe getting in front of them a little bit, and they're like, oh, are you, are you group number three? And you look down, and there's an eight, and you're like, no, no. And you take one step back, and there's other people that move in front of you. The, the crowd is kind of gathered like that. Jesus is coming through. They're jockeying for position. Bartimaeus is, is perhaps close to him, but uh, we know for sure that Bartimaeus is desperate. I mean, the text doesn't say so plainly, but Bartimaeus is blind and he's a beggar. Bartimaeus is not in a position of power. Bartimaeus is in a position of need. He's dependent upon other people, and so he finds himself on the roadside, and and Jesus is passing on through. Bartimaeus spent his life, at least a large portion of it, depending on receiving the mercy of others. Bartimaeus was desperate. Have you ever been desperate before? Here's the deal. Uh, uh, We are not Bartimaeus, right? Our story isn't his story. His story is unique, just like your story is unique. Uh, We don't know exactly what it was like to walk in his sandals uh, we don't know exactly what it was like to walk down the street, to, to feel the dust fall on our feet, to kick a rock, to trip over something we didn't know was there. We didn't know what it was like uh, for Bartimaeus to have to beg for his next meal. Uh, but the thing that we share in common with Bartimaeus is that we are human beings. right? We're human beings. And so so we have times of desperation. Uh, we have times of Great need. We have times when we realize we can't fix ourselves and we're dependent upon uh, someone else to come alongside and help us. The crowd here is passing by. Bartimaeus could hear the commotion. And he probably hears in the commotion or feels uh, that his a window uh, to meet with Jesus is closing. He can't see with his eyes how far off he is. He doesn't know exactly how close he might be, but maybe internally there's this sense where he's going, man, here's my chance. Here is my window. And so verse 47 of Mark chapter 10 says, And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 48, And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Do you ever notice how desperately dependent people are not swayed by the opinion of the crowd? Like when when you're desperate, when you find yourself in a situation where you need help, like you get to a point where you don't care what other people think about you. Like you're not so consumed with the voices of the crowd. You're not thinking to yourself, boy, what, what are they going to think if I admit that I need help? When you're, when you're desperate, when you're like Bartimaeus, you just cry out. right? And when, when people around you go, shh, 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 shh. you making a scene. When people see you. Right, They're watching. Guess what? You don't care. Right? You don't care because you need help. Right? I remember when I had my little heart deal a number of years ago when I went to ER at midnight because my heart was beating 240 beats a minute and you show up at the front desk like, hey, sorry that the other 27 people have been here for a day and a half, but I got something going on with my heart. Like, move out of the way right? because I want help. Right? When you're desperately dependent, you're not consumed by the voices. You don't care who's listening. You don't care who hears you. You don't care a whole lot about what other people will think about you. You just go, I need help. Bartimaeus needs help. And so he cries out despite the fact that the crowd tells him to keep quiet. He doesn't care. He's determined to meet Jesus. Bartimaeus, in his desperation, in his despondency, uh, cries out to Jesus. It's really a, a beautiful picture. When I read this story the other week, I thought of uh, this, the lyrics of this old hymn uh, by Fernando uh, Ortego uh, called, Come to Jesus. I don't know if you've ever been to his concert before, but um, if you're like into lights and smoke and mosh pits, uh, you're not going to find it there, right? He's, he's admittedly like one of the guys that maybe your parents or grandparents would love, right? But I like him. I'm an old soul. And he sings this beautiful hymn called Come to Jesus. And I, and I love how, how it begins. It says, Weak and wounded sinner, lost and left to die, or oh, raise your head, for love is passing by come to Jesus, come to Jesus, come to Jesus and live. Later he writes, Sometimes the way is lonely and steep and filled with pain. So if your sky is dark and pours the rain, then cry to Jesus. I Cry to Jesus. I cry to Jesus and live. And that's what Bartimaeus does. Is he cries to Jesus, and here's the deal, um, so can you, and so can I. Right? In, in, our, in our moments of desperation, in our times of despondency, we can cry to Jesus too. Jesus responds to Bartimaeus, and he responds to us in the most beautiful way. Scripture says in Mark chapter 10, verse 49, And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart. Get up. He is calling you. And I love that picture. What do you do uh, when you're desperate? You've been desperate before, haven't you? What do you do when you're desperate? Uh, you, You take heart. You take heart. Bartimaeus is blind. He's a beggar. Uh, In many ways, he has every reason in the world not to take heart. I mean, in some ways, someone could hear that and go, really? Do you know what I'm facing? Do you know about my life? Do you know what happened to me? Uh, Some people can hear take heart and respond by going, take a hike. What do you mean, take heart? Bartimaeus doesn't. He hears the words from the disciples to to take heart, and they seem to land on his heart softly. He seems to, at least in some way, uh, take them and apply them uh, to uh, his life. The reason that Jesus' disciples were saying to Bartimaeus, take heart, was not because the situation or the scenario that he faced was easy. The disciples didn't look at Bartimaeus and think to themselves, listen, it's not, I mean, I I know you're blind and a beggar, but it could be worse, right? There's other people worse off. They, They weren't coming at it from that angle. You see, I think on some level, the disciples knew who Jesus was. They knew something about the character of Christ. This is someone who they walked with. This is someone who they saw in action. This is someone that they trusted enough uh, to follow, despite all of the times where their hearts and their affections were divided, uh, despite the fact that oftentimes they were tripping over their own two feet. Uh, The disciples, I think, on some level knew the character of Christ. And when you know the character of Christ and who you're dealing with, when you speak the words, take heart to the discouraged or to the despondent or to the desperate, uh, those words can be words of hope and words of life. Then Jesus' disciples say something else to Him. They say, take heart, get up get up like take take a take a step Bartimaeus like I know you're I know you're I know that's your place I know you've been there I know you've been begging there but but stand up get get up there is a sense where I think physically they were telling Bartimaeus hey just like get up <laughs> like come. that's there but, but I think that there's spiritual application here too I think in our desperation, God speaks to us, get, get up. And, and I think what that means is take a faith step. Just, just take a faith step. You don't always know what it's going to look like. You don't know how it's going to play out, but there are times when, when God speaks to us, just like, get up. Get up for us might literally mean I'm just going to get up. I'm going to get out of bed even though I don't feel like it. I want, I want to stay here. I want to pull back, I want to push the world out, but I'm going to get up and we're going, "Lord, I'm, I'm taking it by faith that you're going to walk with me. Maybe there's times in life where like getting up for us is like, hey, I'm going to get up and I'm going to get dressed." Like I'm going to go, "All right, like, this is the day the Lord's made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it, and I might do it through my teeth, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to go, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you because I don't see it, and I don't want to do it, so I'm going to get up. Maybe it means we roll out of the house, even though we don't want to. We don't want to go out into the world. <laughs> but we get in our car, and we fire it up, and we go to work, and that's a faith step. Maybe maybe there's a conversation we need to have with someone that that we don't want to have with someone. And God's going, no, I want you to get up. And getting up and taking a face step is just going, I need to talk to you about something. The disciples say to Bartimaeus, "Get, get up. Get up. Uh, desperation either causes us to flee from Jesus or cling to Jesus. Uh, Usually there's not a whole lot in between. I mean, typically we don't don't float. We, We either have that experience and we cry out and we say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me, or we go, this is not what I signed up for. I'm done. The disciples say to Bartimaeus, get up. And then the question becomes, well, why? Why should he get up? I mean, he's blind. He's a, he's a beggar. Why should he get up? Why doesn't he just stay there? Why doesn't he just keep on begging? That's what he knows. That's the life that he knows. Scripture says, uh, get up because uh, he, Jesus, is calling. Right? Jesus is calling, and Jesus still calls today. He still calls today. He still calls to us in our desperation, in our despondency, in our despair. He still speaks our name and says, "Take heart. Get up. Jesus is calling. Right? Jesus does this. He does this all of the time. He does this all of the time. He still does this today. He, he knows your name, knows your name. He knows your situation. He knows your scenario. And he speaks your name and says, take heart, get up. I'm calling. I love how this story plays out. It says in verse 50 of Mark chapter 10, and throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? That's a great question. And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Jesus heals the man. I I love how God cares about very practical needs that you and I have. Yes, God cares about the the spiritual needs. He, He massively so. Right? But Bartimaeus is, is faced in a very practical problem. He can't see. And that's a biggie. And so Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus says, I would like to be able to see. And Jesus heals him. He heals him. He, he restores Bartimaeus' sight. Like just with, like, like that. Like God can do that. He he can heal you like like that. He he did that all, all over scripture. I think God still is capable and able of, of doing that. Now we pray and we cry out and we say God, like have mercy on me. And there are there are times when God responds to our prayers of faith and says you're you're healed. Well, go, be well. The beautiful part of this story, though, is not just the the physical healing of Bartimaeus. That's significant. That's huge. Bartimaeus felt that. He experienced that. But what's what's beautiful and miraculous about this story and other stories uh, that we read about uh, in the New Testament is that God doesn't only uh, heal physically at times, but he heals spiritually. Like he gives us spiritual eyes to see. There are times when we're not interested in the things of God or don't care about the things of God And and then God calls our name very decisively. He calls our name and He says, take heart, get up. I am calling. And someone who we weren't interested in and didn't really care a whole lot about all of a sudden seems to consume our hearts and our minds. All of a sudden, situations where we had no hope, uh, we, we are filled with hope because we see something uh, that we did not see before. I think Bartimaeus not only uh, received physical sight back, but, but God gave him spiritual sight as well. He was able to see that the one he was crying out to was not just a teacher, not just a man. He was the Son of God. Jesus showed up in uh, his life, and uh, perhaps he has shown up in yours. Perhaps uh, he has shown up in yours. Maybe there was a time in your uh, desperation where you cried out to God, and you said, God, be merciful to me. Uh, God loves to answer those uh, kinds of prayers. Uh, if that's you this morning, if you uh, came in through those doors and uh, there's just something uh, in your soul where you're going, man, I'm pretty desperate right now. Like, I want you to know that God hears your cry. Uh, God, God knows you fully and He loves you. And He's calling uh, your name my prayer for you and my prayer uh, for me is that we would come. Uh, This morning as the the band comes and as we uh, worship together, I just want to encourage you kind of in the quietness of your seat this morning just to spend some time with the Lord. Uh, Maybe a faith step for you is just simply to acknowledge, God, this thing that I'm facing is bigger than me. I don't know what to do. and I'm I'm desperate, God? Would you be merciful to me? Maybe that's your faith step this morning. You're just, you're spending time with the Lord and going, God, meet me in my moment of need. The the beautiful thing about the Lord is he does that all the time. He'll meet you uh, in your moment of need. So let's pray together. I'm going to give you uh, some time and then I'm going to close this out. Would you pray with me? Father God, I suspect that there are uh, just some desperate folks here this morning. Lord, I, I know uh, the, the people that call this uh, place home, I know there are some who uh, are, are wrestling with uh, parenting their kids and wrestling with uh, their relationship with friends or with family or with a spouse. I know there's some folks here that are are facing some some significant and seemingly insurmountable uh, medical issues and challenges, and um, there's just a lot of desperate people here. And Lord, I pray in our desperation that they would hear uh, the words, take heart, Uh, get up. Uh, Jesus, is calling. And so this morning we we come before you, Lord. We bring the things that weigh heavy on our hearts, the stuff that that we can't quite figure out, that we don't have uh, the answer to, the things that are, man, just too big for us to be able to fix on our own. We bring those uh, before you, Lord, and we pray that you would meet us, Uh, meet us where we are just right now, right uh, in this moment. Uh, Lord, I pray for those this morning who uh, may be asking questions about the Christian faith, but maybe don't have a relationship with you. God, I pray that the decisive voice of your Holy Spirit might speak into their hearts uh, even now, Lord, and that you would uh, grant to them a faith to believe in the finished work of your son, Jesus. Uh, God, we love you. We thank you so much uh, that you have called our names. We give you thanks this morning and we pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen.